Hi, I'm Chad Peterman with Can't Stop the Growth podcast, and today we are going to take a look at uh, just the first part of a uh, future leaders meeting that we did a couple of weeks back, where we talked about beginning with the end in mind. A lot of this information was pulled from uh, the famous book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly uh, Effective People by Stephen Covey where in Habit 2, he talks about beginning with the end in mind. He talked a lot about visualization and uh, challenging ourselves to go deeper when it comes to visualizing and how that relates to leadership versus management. So without further ado, uh, let's check out part one of this session. I took this from a lot, a lot of this information from this book, Seven ha Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. I actually found this book in preparation for the big birthday party this past Monday uh, as we dismantled our entire home to create some sort of something. I, I'm not really sure. I've still got stuff all over the place in the garage, uh, hoping to get that put back together this weekend. However, it did lead to me finding this book uh, and, and thus being able to to craft this talk this morning, so uh, it was it was all for good. Uh, everybody had a good time. So he basically breaks the book into into seven parts, the seven habits. Um, habit two is begin with the end in mind, um, and we've talked about this before. It's what we do in our our vivid vision. We paint the picture of what the company will look like in in three years, and we can also do this in our lives too. Um, and it takes that deep visualization. Um, which is a very tough skill. I can definitely admit that it has taken me um, a lot of practice to like get good at it. Uh, oftentimes you'll think, okay, well I can visualize what I'm doing and then you don't get there and it's like, well, you know, what, what went wrong? And oftentimes I found that it's more so in how I'm visualizing, am I doing it correctly? Um, and not so much correctly, that's probably the wrong word. It's more so how deeply am I visualizing that? How, how much am I ingraining that? into what I'm doing. Um, and we can do this for our life, what we want to become. We could do this for a service call. You know, how do I want this service call to go uh, before we do it? Or, or maybe a project at work that you're working on. You know, how is this going to go? Obviously, there's going to be um, times when it, um, it doesn't go right. So how do we visualize those maybe missteps or um, issues uh, that are going to come up and then continue to move past them? So. Um, the key with visualization um, and the key to, as we talked about Wednesday, creating that um, positive perspective, that, that perspective that allows you to keep moving forward, um, is avoiding uh, what we sometimes talk about as the whirlwind uh, of life. Um, you know, oftentimes when we talk about, you know, setting goals or different things, especially in our business that is so emergency driven, um, so need based, uh, it's very easy to go through a day and then just wonder what just happened. Like I, I didn't get anything that I wanted done uh, because I was putting out this fire or taking care of this customer or, you know, got really busy all of a sudden or whatever the case may be. And that whirlwind takes us from what we wanted to get done. And this visualization, this anchoring to what we want, um, what we're about, uh, is what pulls us through that whirlwind. Um, those, those actions that are, are viewed as kind of the, the hectic nature of our business, uh, so long as we have that visualization, um, 
that's what's going to pull you through because ultimately your actions within that whirlwind are going to be congruent with where you want to go. And the, uh, the key for me in any visualization that I've done is really being able to feel it. Uh, I'm sure everybody can relate back to um, in the past an event or uh, an accomplishment or something that when you think back on it, it gives you goosebumps. Like you're like, whoa. Um, you know, for me, uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day who uh, had made a remark about going to Ron Colley or something like that. And they were talking about basketball. And I was talking about uh, when we played in the, um, we played in the semi-state uh, versus Washington. When, um, if any of you know uh, of the Zeller family, they were, um, very prominent basketball family. I think all three of their kids went on to play in the NBA. Um, but the oldest uh, was my age and uh, played for Washington. And we played them down in Seymour. And I would assume there was probably, I don't know how many people that stadium holds, but probably six or 7,000 people there, um, completely packed. And that's when you kind of knew that basketball high school basketball in indiana was completely different uh you know there was a game before ours that went into overtime with a last second shot and i'm literally getting goosebumps right now just thinking about the the atmosphere and, and everything that went into that um, all the hard work that we had put in and um you know we came up short but just to be in that experience um to, to be warming up and literally not even be able to change what warm-up we were doing because you couldn't hear and that was before the game started. Um, it, it was just incredible. Um, and it's, it's memories like those where you get the goosebumps. And then how do we take the ability to have a memory so vivid like that, like we've experienced it, and then forecast that in the future? So how do we think about something that's out in the future and get that same feeling? For me, um, that is obviously wrapped up a lot in where this where this company is going to go um, and uh, as i've said before i think about it probably more than any sane person should um, all the time uh, where are we going how are we going to get there what's it going to look like um, and i can see that uh, and, and it gives me goosebumps to think about like where where we're going to be in the future um, and how cool that will be um, you know i was uh, talking with um, uh, Jack Tester, uh, who is the um, president of Nexstar, um, back in um, what was it? Back a couple months ago, when we went uh, over to Columbus uh, to to look at a um, another company for a peer group, and we were having lunch, and uh, I was talking to Jack about we joined Nexstar in 2015, about June. And then in July, Tyler and I went to uh, like their kickoff event. So it was like a like a two, two or three day class that kind of introduced you to all the different aspects of Nexstar. And, uh, you know, Jack was there and he's kind of, you know, going around and these are all new members. So people that had joined probably within the past six months. Uh, so everybody's very new, not really sure what to expect, you know, never really been through a service system class, never really experienced Nexstar. And one of the things at the time that, that Tyler and I were very interested in was excavation. And, and sewers and digging and all this stuff like that you know we just couldn't figure out all these pieces like we saw companies rolling around in dump trucks and have excavators on the on the back of their truck Wait, what kind of what kind of plumbing is is that you know like are they digging where are they digging uh you know this this seems interesting 
Um, and so we talked to Jack about it, and we, we, we sat down and, and talked to him, and he explained stuff, and, you know, hey, this is, well, this is how you do it, and, you know, you've heard about drain specials, and this is how it kind of starts, and this is what you do, and this is how you move forward, and, and uh, you know, from that moment on, uh, as Tyler and I were coming back from that trip, we're like, we're going to do that. We want to do that. Uh, that's what we want to look like, um, and visualizing that um, and really seeing that, um, I think, is one of the biggest reasons why, given all of the uh, ups and downs, and literally like some serious ups and downs in that particular department, to me what has got us to where we're at now, and we are nowhere near perfect, um, but we're, we're headed in the right direction. You know, we were just talking yesterday about, or two days ago, about, uh, you know, potentially adding, adding a third crew. Um, there was a time we didn't even know what a crew was. What, what do you mean crew? What are they going to do? Um, and uh, to be at that level, to me, the, the biggest driving force is that visualization that we have had from the start of where we want it to be, what we want it to look like. Like I can see all of those trucks pulling out of the new building, just pulling out with their excavators and the dump trucks and the whole nine, just pulling, pulling out of there, going to do work. And to me, that's exciting. Um, but that's what's got us through the whirlwind. Um, if we wouldn't have had that visualization, um, that picture of what it could look like, uh, I have no doubt we wouldn't be there. Um, and I think that goes for a lot of things. And while that's a business example, I think we can all probably point to examples like that in our own lives of where, um, where we have achieved something that we set out to do. And ultimately, everything that we've achieved uh, that's worth noting is probably something that you fell off the horse a time or two um, during it. Um, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, it, if it was easy, then it really wouldn't be that memorable. Um, wouldn't be worth noting. And so, uh, Stephen Covey uh, points out in, uh, in this, this particular chapter about uh, visualization and, and beginning with the end in mind as that all things are created twice. And I never really thought about it like this when it comes to visualization, but he's really true. There's a mental creation uh, of it, um, and then there's the actual physical, like watching it happen. Now, sometimes those are different. Sometimes we think about what could happen and then ultimately when it physically happens it's not not the same thing um, and so really getting those two to align is where we want to be we want to one take control of that first creation of what it is that we want to do um, and then physically experience it um, physically get there and, and you know it a couple of the examples that he brings up are, you know, building a house. Obviously, there's the first creation of the blueprints and, you know, the design and all that. And then you physically create it. Um, you know, there's a, um, you know, when creating a business, you think of an idea and who's going to be my market? What's our marketing material going to look like? What's our product? How are we going to deliver the service? And then you actually go deliver it. Um, you know, same can be said for, for a trip. Uh, you know, hey, we're going to go to Disney World. Well, you got to plan it out. What flight are we going to take? Are we going to drive? Are we going to what hotel we're going to stay at? What's you know what are we going to do? How long are we going to stay? And then you physically go do that particular thing. And the 
important thing that he points out and that, that we have talked about before is we have to understand how we take responsibility for that first creation of what we want to do or what we want to become. Really, when we take responsibility, um, that is what creates our beliefs. Um, our beliefs in ourselves, our beliefs in the process, our belief that we can achieve something. And the cool part is, is when we take control of that, um, that's when you can marry the two. Where we, where we get sidetracked is we allow that first creation to be made from other people's judgments, other people's plans for us, other people's influence, um, social norms, whatever it may be, uh, we allow ourselves to be guided by what's out there, all the things that we can't control. Um, and this goes back to, to what we talked about Wednesday in perspective, is things are going to happen. How do you view them? Do you view them as the victim of, well, bad stuff always happens. I'm not going to be able to get there. I'm not smart enough, whatever it may be. Or, hey, that was just, you know, just a wrong step. We're still heading down the right path. Or I can get over that. That's not going to hold me back, whatever it may be. And so really understanding um, who is creating that first creation. Who's in charge of it? And once we understand that we are, um, then it becomes, okay, well, how do, how do I get there? How do I craft it? And we do through visualization um, and understanding uh, what it is that we truly are about. Um, you know, the, the one that I see in, in relation to leadership uh, it specifically is you know this visualization this understanding of where we want to go and then our behaviors kind of follow to to make that make that whole um, is thinking with regard to to leadership versus management um, so this is something we've talked about as well is that there is a difference and what is that difference and so i kind of break it down as if you look at management as behaviors so um, and your leadership as your beliefs so um, oftentimes uh, when we don't visualize, when we're allowing uh, others to kind of create that first creation, um, and then we just kind of cross our fingers and see what happens, um, those behaviors that what we do is the management piece. The leadership piece is, goes along with that, that first creation of understanding where we want to go. Uh, you know, the leader is there to cast the vision, is to um, make sure that everybody is driving towards the same thing. Find out what motivates people. There again, management uh, can be looked at as kind of keeping things on the tracks. You know, don't let it sway too far off. Okay, correct that mistake, put out that fire. Make sure that the bus is moving in the right direction. Whereas the leader, uh, the person that's creating that, that first creation for the team uh, in general or the, the business vision, um, that's the person that is seeing that vision, seeing that uh, what it's going to be. They're the person that is, is going to visualize what it could be, where we're going. Um, and then as a leader, tap into what is going to drive everybody that I'm leading in the right direction. Um, you know, the manager I always see is reactive. 
Um, management is a lot of reaction to, oh, this happened. Okay, we got to fix this. Oh, this happened. Ah, crap. We got to we got to go a different direction. Whatever it may be. And whereas the leader is very proactive, uh, the leader is is creating um, what is going on. And there's a you're going to do both. So as a as a quote unquote leader or manager, you're going to do both. Um, the managing is that nitty gritty that has to be done. But it is my belief that the more leadership we exhibit, the less managing we have to do. Um, and I, I say that, um, you know, we had a um, uh, example of this this week, and I, I really just couldn't be couldn't be happier. Um, and and uh, he happens to be here, but um, we, we had talked last week, Alan and I, about, uh, you know, getting getting with the plumbers and, and, and finding out how we can how we can get more tankless water heaters uh, in the homes of our, our customers. And the management piece would be just to, you know, sit in a meeting and say, guys, let's let's do this. Uh, here's the tools. Uh, here's the pricing. Here's the financing. Here's everything you need. Um, the true leadership piece was sitting down with everybody uh, individually or in a small group and, and understanding, you know, what can I help you with? What how how can we how can we come together and, and understand this um, a little bit better? And so, as a leader, and why I stress kind of the one-on-one -on -one meetings so much and, and sitting down with people uh, to understand what's going on. You know, uh, a guy didn't a guy didn't just have a great month one month and a bad month the next just because he wanted to. Uh, maybe something's going on. Maybe he's got a, you know, maybe he's got something going on at home. Maybe he's just kind of in a rut and just needs, you know, a little pep talk to get him out. Whatever it is, that's leadership. That's that's solving problems before they become problems. And you know, it's my belief that uh, through this this leadership this week, um, he's going to have to do less managing. And leadership's a lot more fun and, and, and people respond to leadership a lot more than they respond to managing. Managing is, uh, in a sense, you know, the term micromanaging. Essentially, all managing is, is somewhat micromanaging. Um, you know, everyone's given a set of, this is what you need to do, um, and sometimes they don't do it. But why didn't they do it? Did you not cast the vision of what could be is it not vivid enough um, for the people? Well, the only way that you're going to find out what vision is vivid enough for them is to sit down and talk to them, is to understand where they're coming from, understand what they're motivated by, understand what they need from you, not what can I go tell these people? How can I go direct them? There's no directing when you want people to follow you. It's all about support and understanding and trying to find out how can you help them create that first creation for their life. When you can do that, then you can take them on that path because then you can marry the first creation of the business or the department or whatever it is that you're leading. You can marry that with their own personal vision of what they want to do. If they're going through and feel as though they're the victim of their circumstance or I can't do that or, you know, I'll never be able to do what that guy can do or, 
you know, I'm never going to be any more than an apprentice or whatever, whatever there is ingrained in them. And two, understanding as a leader, that may not be their fault. More than likely, it isn't. More than likely, it's due to their upbringing or things that have happened to them in the past. And we've got to understand those things and help them through those things. Same thing with the business. You know, oftentimes I feel one of my advantages as, as a leader is that I haven't been in this business for very long. So I think anything's possible. Uh, hell, let's try it. You know, it ain't going to hurt. What's the worst that could happen? We don't sell any. We don't, you know, no one likes it. Uh, sure. Uh, well, we can do something else. Um, but, you know, getting creating that without any preconceived ideas of what will work, what won't work, uh, what's possible, what's not possible. In my mind, everything's possible. You just got to do it the right way. Um, and sometimes that takes failing four, five, ten times before you get it right. But if you have that visualization of that you will get there, it's just a matter of time, you're going to make it. It just may take longer than what you think. You know, I look at, at the difference between, between leadership and management and how it relates to kind of beginning with the end in mind is as a leader, you've got to understand that this is a long game. As a leader, a one-on-one -on -one meeting isn't going to bear results 10 minutes from now. Managing, you can get some quick wins but they don't last very long. Leadership, when you get a win, it may take a year. It may take five years. But when you get that win, that's a win that's taken five years to get. It's going to stay a long time. So leadership is a long game. And I think where people, when you're trying to balance the two, people tend to lean towards that management piece more often than not simply because you can get a quick win. You can get some satisfaction out of it. You know, telling somebody, well, I'll just go do it. Just get out of the way. I'll, I'll take care of it. Well, that's, that's, that's management. That's getting the task done. But it's in no way leadership because that person never is going to learn how to do it. All they've learned is, well, I don't know how to do this. And I guess they'll do it, so, you know, who cares? And so really balancing the two. You're going to have to do some management. There's no doubt about it. You can't just, you know, get up and, and cast the vision and, you know, think everything's going to be, you know, lollipops. It's not. Um, you know, I, th there's often the term, and, and you guys have probably heard it, you know, they talk in a lot of business books about the difference between working on your business and working in your business and, and how the the objective is to work on your business not always in and i'm a believer in that you need both and i like working in the business and i like working on the business yesterday i worked on it that was fun um, but today i'm probably going to get in it and that's fine too because you're you have to do that process procedure it's got to be in place but you've got to cast that vision over top of that. If it's just all process procedure, here's how we're going to do it. Here's the number you need to hit and you need to hit it or else get on out. Well, that's one way to run it. Not the way I believe that you're going to be very successful at. The, the vision's got to be something bigger. It's got to be 
more than just hitting a number. It's got to be more than following this process. You've got to understand how, as individuals within a company, that company, if you're a leader, uh, or that department can fulfill the needs of everybody on that team. And everybody's going to have different ones. Everybody's going to need different levels of help. You're going to have some guys that have all the experience in the world and they just need a little bit. You're going to have some guys that they don't have any idea what the heck they're doing. <laughs> they're new and they're going to need a lot of help. But being able to connect it to what motivates them and, and what they're truly after or showing them that they have the capability to do that is ultimately what leadership is all about. Mm -hmm.